What's up, what's up, what's up, party people in the house? Welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Before we kick it off today, when I mean kick it, I mean kick it. Before I bring on my guest message of the week, this is something I just recently, um, many of you know, I've been training jujitsu and Muay Thai for about just over six years now, but took my first MMA class last week. Proper ass whooping. Speaking of kicks. Um, anyways, <laughs> this is something that the instructor said, and, and uh, I, I'm venturing to guess my guest today will strongly agree with this. He said, if you want to win, you don't come out and just try to win. You don't come out and try to knock the other guy out. You position yourself to win by becoming unbeatable. Then your chances to win go way up. Applies in business as well. Don't let yourself get beat down and your chances to succeed in whatever you're trying to do are going to go way up. With that, we're zooming to Virginia Beach, Virginia today, a place that I lived some 20 years ago. Welcoming to the show, Will Lusheen. What's up, my man? Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me on, man. So what are your thoughts uh, on that quote? <laughs> I think it's an awesome quote. If, if you're uh if you know that your defense is set so well that you don't have to worry about losing, then you can just focus on getting the submission or the, uh, the knockout. It, you're not worried about defense. Then you can focus on the offense and then, you know, the defense is going to be there when you need it. So right. set yourself up to win. Exactly. Exactly. So like I said, I, I just, you know, took my first MMA class and we're talking at Henzo's headquarters in Midtown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a good place to take your first class. I mean, again, I got six years of prep, you know, in in Muay Thai and kickboxing and jujitsu. But yeah, I just was not prepared for those first couple classes and just, you know, there are pro fighters in there and just getting barraged, man, even with the shin pads and like nothing hurt. It's just jarring. You're just like, yo, I just got punched in the face. (laughs) But they're uh, everybody's all pumped up after the uh, who's number one championships this weekend. And the UFC fights this weekend. I mean, it was an action-packed weekend of fighting. So now you get back in the gym, and people are ready to go. Yeah, time to first start your MMA class. Um, and a lot of these guys have fights coming up. There's a lot of yeah. a lot of stuff going down uh, regionally throughout the Northeast um, from now through December. And these guys, some of them are in camps already, and they're like. They're taking every advantage. It's like, oh, that's nice. It's your first day. It's nice that you're 45 years old starting MMA. I'm, I'm, I was going to kick your ass, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got the uh, Nogi Worlds coming up next weekend. So everybody's everybody's training hard for that. And it's yeah. kind of our last last few uh, hard training sessions. So we don't want to take any of that time off. So so with that, we have to give everybody your background. Uh, Will here is a gym owner, is uh, jiu-jitsu and MMA coach um so give everybody just a quick backstory on on your spots and also a former training partner of my brozinho that one's shout out jacob fox the pinche hot pulsa yeah so uh we got grindstone athletics in virginia beach virginia we're just a uh like a a champion level martial arts studio we don't it's not a jujitsu place it's a if you want to come to fight so we got muay thai we got the nogi grappling um, pretty much if you want to become an MMA fighter, you want to become a striker or a grappler, it's a great place to be. We also have the, uh, all the strength and conditioning that you would ever need. We got all the weights, we got all the, the stones and the kettlebells and 
rowers, everything that you need to become a full level fighter. Um, we don't focus on like the uh, traditional style martial arts. So we're not in a gi ever. Um, we're not in like Taekwondo or karate gi. We are strictly, you put on the, uh, the sweats, you put on the rash guards and we just, we hit it extremely hard. Um, so that's grindstone athletics in Virginia beach. And then I also train under Scott Oates where Jacob also trained, um, at, uh, Virginia beach, uh, Virginia beach jujitsu, right, right down the road from, um, grindstone. So nice. So grindstone is in, in Kempsville as well. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's just right down the road on princess Anne, um, and witched up. So like, which up. Literally, like I drive, uh, I teach the kids class at Virginia beach at until six. And I drive right over and I'm teaching class at 6.30 at the uh, at Grindstone. So, yeah, it's right there. Yeah. Pretty- it's interesting because my grandfather owned a house on that that street just a couple blocks down for yeah. like like 70 years or something crazy like that. Close to. I think he bought the house. Uh, yeah, maybe like 60. I think he bought the house in the 60s on Princess Anne just, you know, going towards Norfolk. Yeah. Um, like. There, it was a two-lane road with nothing on it. <laughs> and then, like... And now, yeah. It flourished, and poha, now there was a have jujitsu. <laughs> All of it, yes. Yeah. So I, uh, I I trained at... Uh, what was... Is it Kaizen still? They still call it that? Uh, no, that's what... So it started as Kaizen, and then okay. it got bigger. It became Virginia Beach Jiu-Jitsu. Gotcha. So I trained at it years ago when it was Kaizen <laughs> still. Uh, just one time, got a proper ass whooping in there, too. <laughs> I, it's funny, I just well, got... Go ahead. It was a small little space then, right? Just that one small little space, or did it have the bigger, the bigger it one? Had, no, it had the bigger one. So when you first came in, they just did like kids' classes on the small yeah. mat, and then you go into the bigger room. But well, the sign still said Kaizen. I don't yeah. know if uh, if that was if that was a wrap already. But um, it was funny. I just gotten my blue belt like two weeks before. So I come in there and it was the first time I trained at another school other than the one that I started at. I was like, boy, I should have brought the white belt to that school. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the problem with getting promoted. Like you get treated like that right away. So right away. Then you're like, I'm going to treat this guy like a white belt. But soon, like, I don't know how much, I don't know if you're almost getting ready for purple belt, blue belt, or you just got it. So you get treated the same way. Everybody thought I was getting ready to get the purple belt and they just, yeah. I was the mop head and they were the janitor and I got very familiar with the floor in there. <laughs> so and funny story. When I was the general manager at Virginia Beach Jiu-Jitsu, we had a guy come in, right? And he, does, he forgot it. He didn't have his gi. So we had loaner gis and then we just handed him our, a white belt and he puts on this white belt. So everybody starts to roll. They give the slap bump and they're like kind of going nice and easy trying to see. What, and he's a brown belt. So he's just like, we're like whoa 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 and we gotta like catch up to this guy so i was like you know what we're not gonna do that anymore so i take one of the white belts i bring it home and i get some blue dye i get some purple dye i get some brown dye some black i put all the colors so now it's called the mystery belt so treat this guy like you don't know what he knows so nobody gets caught with that white belt who's actually a brown belt anymore that's really awesome I heard it at Henzo's before I started training there that a guy came in and forgot his belt and he was a purple belt and they just like reached in the bin and they're like, well, I don't have any purple. He was a blue belt. And he went and trained and he got promoted to purple belt again. <laughs> they were like, Oh, good job. Uh, come to the front. We have something for you. There we go. That's hilarious. <laughs> no, 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 no. They were like, yeah, good job. You go yeah. now. You're going to get uh, heel hooked. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's great. <laughs> so I noticed um, on, on your Instagram feed, you, you was like the heel hooks. You was like to do the leg locks. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I've, I've been on the leg lock game since way back. So now that it's coming around, it's, it's nice to see everybody else kind of doing it as well. My brother but still was surpassing what I know though. So I was doing it when nobody knew. So it was easy. Now right. everybody's keen to it. I'm like, Dang. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Tell you what, being in Hinzo's room, even though Danaher's moved on now, there's, there are so many guys that are so great at it. Um, why my brother was not like the leg locks. He was not like kill hooks. I don't, What's the matter I don't with that, man? I'm not, I don't understand it. People say it's dangerous, but honestly, like I fear the Kimura more than anything. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if I catch your heel, and pinch your knees, you're going to be like, okay, that's how that happened. Yeah, yeah. About it. I've seen people fight tooth and nail on that Kimura, and all of a sudden it just pops up and pops behind the back, and it's like, I'm going full force this way, you're going full force the other way, and as soon as you let go, I'm bringing it behind your back and over your head before you can tap. So it's right. that one scares me. Yeah, I agree. I've gotten caught in a couple of those really quick ones lately, mm-hmm. and I got, I got choked unconscious recently too, like fully. On. I've gotten like really close. But I went like out, out recently, oh, and I have right. a, I have a new uh, respect for the cross collar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it came on quick. It was cool. I was like, it was funny because I was going to tap, like I, I, my hands were tied up, and I was raising my leg to do like the foot tap. Yeah, and it, it just never. I remember raising my leg, and it never came down. I guess, <laughs> and uh, I thought I fainted. I didn't know what happened, and they're over me, like shaking my legs, and yeah. I'm like. I'm like, I passed out. And they're like, no, well, man, you didn't tap. And I was like, <laughs> and it was funny because it was such a great feeling. Like once I realized like nothing bad happened, yeah. I was so refreshed. I can't remember feeling that awake and alive exactly. yeah. in recent history. I was like, there's time on the clock still. Let's go. And they're like, okay. Yeah. And I like hopped. I finished the round. I was about to ask that. Like, how did you feel? I bet you woke up feeling fucking amazing. Right. <laughs> I felt like I was like 15 again. You know, it was just like, woo, like yeah. Ric Flair, man. It was Every time so I wake cool. up, I'm like, oh, yeah. But there was that moment where I was like, uh, that I, cause I, it was my third session that day. I did, I did the morning class at Hinzo's. I, I did a, a park workout with some friends of mine. And then I went to Gregor's. I interviewed his business partner. Um, and it was before the interview and they were having a noon class. And I was like, fuck it. I brought a gi, hopped on hour and a half in and i was like i, I passed out i just like i overdid it and they're like nah <laughs> so, like, so once i realized that it wasn't that there was a moment of panic you know <laughs> where i was like shit i like I, old man passed out and they're like no you didn't you old man didn't tap and i was like <laughs> <laughs> one second earlier well it's funny because right before that i was i didn't know any of these guys either because it's not my regular gym yeah i was training with a guy right before that he was a blue belt and he's trying to do like this, like a bow and arrow variation, but it was all off and he's yanking and I'm just looking at him. And he finally was like, aren't you concerned? And I was like, well, no, it's not a joint lock. I was like, even if you had it, worst thing that would happen is I go to sleep, but you don't have it. And I, we corrected it and I tapped. And then the next round, he was like, man, I can't be going to sleep. The next round I get choked out. <laughs> His eyes were this big when I came to, he's like, you weren't playing. And I was like, nah, man. I'm the heel. I'm the heel one. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Good times. Good times. So before we go to our first break, I'm curious, how did you end up in martial arts? And we'll talk further about how you became like a profession, but what was the thing that got you? I know you were, you're a Marine and, yeah. and you have some, you have lots of combat background. Was it something other than that? Uh, not really. I mean, 
I, I wrestled in high school. I was a pretty decent wrestler. I actually sucked like my freshman and sophomore year. I don't think I won a single match. And all of a sudden, something happened my junior year. I started doing real good, and then my my senior uh, my junior year did really good, and my senior year I did I did I was like thirty five and zero or something like that. So I, I went. I don't know. I turned a corner, and then kind of just got into judo a little bit too to help. And then I joined the Marine Corps and I, I ran into somebody, actually the guy who started Kaizen, I ran into him. He was a staff sergeant and I just got into the same unit and I went out and watched one of his fights and I was like, Ooh, I want to do that. He was an MMA fighter and just kind of snowballed from there. Gotcha. Did you grow up in the area or did you go to school elsewhere? No, I'm, uh, I'm originally from Colorado. So, okay. And you ended up, I'm assuming because of the military in, uh, yeah, the military and, and uh, me out here. I've been out here a few times. There's a, a security force company that's out here that I've been a part of a couple times. So, okay. Awesome. But, yeah. Nice. Cool. So we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk about more how like it turned professional because yeah. a lot of people don't, they're not successful at taking something like you just saw this, you were passionate about it and you were like, well, how do we make this legit? How do I make money off of this? Which is not always an easy task. So hang oh. tight, everybody. We're going to pick back up with that in just a few. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. folks welcome back if you're just tuning in you're listening to the entrepreneurial web i'm your host jeremiah fox today we're zooming to virginia beach virginia talking to will lusheen he's a gym owner there of grindstone athletics which is an mma focused gym he's also a martial arts instructor at you still teaching at virginia beach jiu-jitsu yeah just the kids though yeah 
<laughs> that's the sweet spot because <laughs> they can do anything. I love it. I taught a bunch of kids at the last place that I was at. I would teach adults and kids, but the kids are fearless. You fucking try to teach a break fall to like a 50 year old man. He's like, I ain't doing it, man. Kids <laughs> are like, they're like backflipping into it and their sprawls are amazing. Kids are amazing. I love it. Yeah, I agree. I also think it takes the right person and it takes somebody who, yeah. who knows how to break down their technique all the way to the very, very itty bitty. Like it's yeah. crazy. And then I use some of those little keynotes to t- teach my adults sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I got little theories like chasing the candy bar and like all these little things, ditties that I give to the little kids. And I'm like, Hey, chase the candy bar and they get it. So yeah. like, you know, this is what I teach my kids. So if it helps you. And then a lot of people come up like, dude, that helped a lot. Like a 40 year old man chasing the candy bar. Exactly. No, I it, teaching kids in four. I taught more kids than adults. Yeah. But when I would go into the adult class, you know, you switch gears a little bit, but like yeah. sometimes you don't have to. Sometimes that little nugget from the kids' class, or we do these these drills, and I'd be like, "Yeah, we totally got to make the adults do this because yeah. it, first of all, it's gonna be funny, <laughs> um, but it's gonna help them ultimately, and, and just you know, break down those barriers that prohibit one from being their best at jujitsu. So we were talking in the first segment, uh, you know, you were in the military and the Marines ended up in, in the, uh, in the Marine, the, the military capital of the East coast. <laughs> um, and, um, and, and saw, you know, started training. You had some combat experience, saw some, uh, some lab training, saw some MMA. You're like, I want to do that. Got into training. And at a certain point you transitioned from being just a student to to actually uh, monetizing that passion. Um, were you in like the military, like young, like a lot of people come in like 18, 19, 20 years old? So I came in when I was 18. I, I just, I went to the infantry, did the infantry thing for a while, but then after uh, my deployments to Iraq, so I was with the invasion and then we went back and then I got orders out here to a training command. So I was just teaching. Mm-hmm. So Op tempo went from like just slammed. You didn't have any type of like social life to, I got out here. I was teaching throughout the day, but I'd be done by like 4 PM. So uh, I ran into a, uh, an MMA fighter. Uh, he was a staff sergeant. He was an instructor too. So we just started training together. We kind of put together this little amateur team. So we just trained together. We all did pretty well. Um, and then I eventually went pro as an MMA fighter while I was still in the Marine Corps. So that, that's pretty much all the money I made doing jujitsu or doing uh, MMA for a while. And then I went back to the fleet, deployed a whole bunch more times. And in 2000 and was it like 13, I think I got sent down to Guantanamo Bay to be the operations chief. So I was in charge of the fence line security, but my wife was like, well, don't you, you're really good at jujitsu. You love it. Instead of just training people here and there, why don't you like form like an actual school? So I actually went through like the, the Marine Corps, like the, uh, the MWR. So the morale welfare and recreation league. And it's like, Hey, I want to do, I want to teach you jujitsu. I got all, these are my credentials. So they started like, they signed up kids. We had a kid's class and an adult class three times a week. And that's when I first started actually running a program. And we actually had, I think like 20 some kids and about 15 to 20 adults at almost every class. So it was pretty, it was that was my first experience running a program, running, especially something where money's coming in. So now I feel obligated. It's not even like, yeah. Hey, you guys want to go train? It's like, yeah. I have to be there now. So um, that's where I, that's where I started. And then I eventually retired, moved back up to Virginia. And uh, I was helping um, 
Virginia Beach Jiu-Jitsu while I was in the Marine Corps. And then as soon as I got out, I got hired as like their general manager slash kids combat or the, uh, the competition instructor and did that for a little while. Learned a lot as just a general manager. Like I'm trying to learn through everybody else's mistakes and everybody else's business and using their money before I like, this is what I'm going to do. So I'm like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do this. Maybe I would do that differently. Making a lot of little mental notes when it's everybody else's money that gets played. So when I start my thing, I, I, I knew what I wanted. So that's a good move. I did a bit of that, but I still made a shit ton of mistakes along the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but I, I had the same kind of uh, training ground in terms of business where I was the GM for a number of like small companies mm-hmm. um, and, and got to see, you know, how they did things and like, Oh, I wouldn't do that. Or that's a really good idea. Yeah. Making, making those notes. Um, so when did you open Grindstone? Uh, Grindstone has been open about four years now. Okay. Yeah. So, so you open pre-pandemic, had some of that pre-pandemic success. Yes. And then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, that was, that was rough. That was really rough. Sure. So for a while. I mean, I think we're doing well now, uh, but I don't, I still don't think we're back to where we were. I'm not a hundred percent on the numbers, but we're getting, we're pretty much there, but Oh man, I don't know where we would have been with like where we could be without that that little pause. But I'm just thankful yeah. that that's kind of over. People are starting to not be so afraid of it, so we're 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 getting our numbers back up pretty well. That's great to hear. It's been similar, like the restaurant industry has been the same, um, and and we're not quite back. And there's the fear thing, but uh, man, Jim's got it worse. I mean, at least we could do takeout. You know, how do you do how do you do takeout fitness? <laughs> yeah, well. We did. We actually did online classes for a while. Yeah. Uh, we had people um, that a- were asking if we could, so we we're doing like almost like Zoom meeting class yeah. uh, instructionals on how. Like I was just trying to do like what kind of drills would I do if it was just me? So I was, I had like flip flops on the floor, and I was doing footwork with just some flip flops as my opponent. It was crazy. We we're, <laughs> we're doing all sorts of creative things to try and get the work in people, people were like punching their little pillows or whatever. They grab a, a cushion and punch the pillows. It was, it was bad. <laughs> spouses that finally got into it. that we were trying to like, Hey, the, the, the husband would come in and train three times a week. And the spouse would come in once in a while and watch. And we're like, why don't you jump on the mats? And now since they were forced to be at home, they're like, she's holding the, the pad. Now she wants to punch it. So um, they've actually started, we've had a couple of people where she didn't want it. And now she's in training. So, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it, it, we've been forced to find like silver lining like that. And, and uh, you know, kudos to you for getting creative and, and going after it. I know a lot of places that didn't do that. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, it has brought people in that, that normally wouldn't have, or you got to see who was really dedicated. Like all the yeah. people that like, I man, I was with a group of like 15 or 20 guys through the entire pandemic. We were like, we are training regardless. Like, I trained in a motorcycle shop. I mean, yeah. I trained in all kinds of crazy places. And it was just like, no, these are the, these are your, this yeah. is your crew right here. This is your, uh, uh, I don't know, what would be the akin in the military? Like your, 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 your squad, command. Yeah. yeah, yeah, your squad. Like these guys got, you know, we got each other's back and, and we got through it. Um, what was I going to say? Um, what, you know, going from you being, like the the GM at at 
at Virginia Beach Jiu-Jitsu tra- transitioning to Grindstone? Like how, how long did that take? How long were you just working at Virginia Beach Jiu-Jitsu? And, and what was like, not in terms of like actual dollars, you know, but what was funding like? Like were you, were you working like an extra side job to like put money away? Did you have money put away? Were you able to do this um, on a budget? Yeah, so while I was at Virginia Beach Jiu-Jitsu and then as I was transitioning and trying to get Grindstone, the Grindstone program up and everything, we uh, I was actually using my GI Bill um, through – so it's the it's, – it, I can't even remember what it's called now. But basically, I was going to school, so they were paying me like $2,500 a month just to go to school. And I was – not doing great in class. Cause I was just like, I just need to have this on paper that I'm doing school. <laughs> but that was my focus. I was, I've missed so much class. Cause I was like, man, this is just basically like a job that I don't even have to go to. Um, yeah. I already had a degree somewhere else. So I'm like, I'm just going to bite the bullet and be like, I'm, I'm going to be doing really bad in these classes. So I did that. That was where my income was coming from. My wife, she's got a pretty, pretty good job. So we were, we were doing well there, but we were able to, and then just surrounding myself with the right people. I got a, a great Muay Thai guy. I got a great, like, so everybody there, um, we, we all own it. And it's, so it's not just my business. Right. I went in with the right people who mm-hmm. also have the passion, the hard, the work ethic, the drive and, and uh, they also have their side things that that don't take away from from what we need to need to do. There's some people where you like try and get into a business with them, but they have so much going on everywhere else that I don't want that. I don't want my business with you to be like your fourth your fourth priority. So it's like if it's my first priority and it's your fourth, then I'm going to be doing a lot more work, and that kind of goes like I don't want to be in that situation. So. Um, it, it wasn't as difficult. I, I mean, it was scary. <laughs> it was like it's a leap of faith, I guess, but um, it was exciting. It was very exciting because it's first time. I mean, with the being in the military, it was, everything was direct, like directed. Like, this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to do it. I can go find a manual and be like, all right, well, I need to figure out how to do this. Everything's written down somewhere. You just have to be able to find it. And now jujitsu was the same way. I always had somebody telling me how to do the technique, what techniques I should learn. I would give my curriculum to somebody to review. Now it's like, this is yours. Like, good. I don't know. Good luck. Take care of it. It's like, okay, here we go. So there's no more asking questions. It was kind of like, I, I got to, I got to do what I need to do. But at the same time, I know people in the community where if I had an issue, I could be like, Hey, what would you do in this situation? But ultimately it's my decision. So that's the that's the, the scariest part, I guess. No, great, great. Those are, those are some gems. Yeah, I never got that entrepreneurial handbook either. I'm like, yeah. where, where's the net that's supposed to catch me? It's right. not. I don't see it. Um, I think it's right next to the one where they're supposed to give you when you have a kid. Like this is yeah, how you. Yeah. It's the same. I think the kid I, the kids are scarier to me than the than the businesses. I I'll open a business overnight and don't care anymore. But kids, oh my god, <laughs> if I have another one, fuck. um it's almost like fighting too right like that that kind of like you don't know what's going to happen yeah but you like you have to you have to find out yeah we're we're doing this anyways right i kind of i mean i've never i haven't i haven't hopped in the cage or anything so yeah that little clink of the door shutting is like oh here we like walking up to the cage you're like why am i doing this why am i doing this why am i doing this why did i do this why did i do it the whole time and then you get in there and it kind of like no, I'm comfortable. This is my home. So it's almost the same thing. Like I, yeah. 
going to that gym. I'm like, Oh, why am I doing this? Oh my God. And then I walk in the gym and it's like, this is home. I feel safe. I feel comfortable. Like I I'm good here, but it's that walk there or that walk up to it where you're like, Oh my God, everything's, everything's wrong. Everything's going to fall apart. And then you get there and it's kind of calming. Yeah. I think they say the first step is always the hardest. Yes. Yeah. Just getting the momentum. And I agree. I'm, I have, partners everywhere i don't do anything alone the strategic alliances and, and having that really good workflow uh, and we're all all of us are involved in so many things but we know what to bring to what table yes and it's like yep. as long as that as long as you have that understanding you build this great foundation and you can just keep you can just keep going and going and going exactly and yep. when that happens it's really dope all right we're going to take another break everybody don't go nowhere we are going to get a fight We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you a cannabis enthusiast, a cannabis professional, or interested in entering the cannabis space? I'm Johnny Tsunami, and this is Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. On our show, we will discuss the cannabis world through the perspective of various cannabis professionals. Tune in every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m., Talk Radio NYC, Planet Paco Lolo, a less taboo view. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. Again, you're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. I'm with Virginia Beach, Virginia today, talking to Grindstone Athletics. Yes. I got it right? Okay. It's a lot of words in there. It was hard to remember all that stuff. Uh, Grindstone Athletics owner, Will Lushin. He's also a, a martial arts instructor at Virginia Beach Jiu-Jitsu. We've been talking about his time in the Marines, 
transitioning from a general manager of Virginia Beach Jiu-Jitsu into opening his uh, own school, which emphasizes uh, mixed martial arts. So you're not going to uh, see any guys wearing pajamas. And there was only going to be maybe uh, some bare chest in um, and and some tight shorts um, and a mouthpiece. And that was all you just have to wear there. <laughs> I want to put on gloves. What's the answer was? Yeah. I had to do that for Jacob. That was for my brother. <laughs> so he, he trained with my brother. Um, and, and he came on our, on our, uh, Instagram live, the Soro brothers podcast. Um, and we had a great time, but, uh, always fascinated. So the premise of this show is entrepreneurship, but if I can rope in fitness and martial arts and find a guy that does all of it, that was, was touched my heart. Trifecta. Yes. That's where we're at today. Um, so it's such a, it's such a pleasure and uh, to throw it out there. Like I, I just got out of a clubhouse, um, a, a business clubhouse room where I was the the uh, topic of discussion for the day and about folding in. Like I, I will open an academy. Like I've never said that. I don't know if I've ever said that on the show, but for all of you, like I will open a school one day. I have a studio. Well, I'm now. There we go. Yeah. No, I I started a studio in the middle of the pandemic um, because there were guys that you know not with the guys that I trained with before. Cause we're all like the same level. I'm not going to like, well, that's, that's kind of like not cool, you know? So it benefited them because the money I made from teaching beginners, especially like mainly not so much jujitsu, but definitely Muay Thai and just general fitness mm-hmm. um, covered the cost of the whole thing. And then allowed the other guys, my, my jujitsu Brasinos to come in and like, just, just come in and train and have fun. The whole point was just to keep it going. But now, like, there's so many schools closed around us. I don't know if the same is true um, in Virginia, but Jesus, man, it, there were, first of all, there were a lot of schools. There was probably oversaturation. Schools and restaurants in New yeah. York, it was like, it was bananas. And yeah. some of them left, and some of them should have gone. And we lost some that should should not have. Some that were like, like the school that I was at. Uh, this is one of their old shirts. It was uh, Windsor Terrace is a neighborhood, but it was called Sondojo five doors down from my restaurant, you know, I always just had a bag packed and ready to go. Anytime there was a free moment, boom, I'm going into train. And it was just such a great place for the community. It was locally owned by a couple. They were both black belts. Their kids went to school with our kids. Every, like they were just amazing people. And they just took the community from here to here. And like, it would have kept just, it would have gone so much farther. Um, and unfortunately it was the second school that they lost. Uh, they lost one to a natural disaster uh, via Sandy, Hurricane Sandy, uh, back in 2012. They were like right on the water in the Rockaways. That's right. And now it's like, it's like, how many beatings can you take? You know, it's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. Um, and, and this had no end in sight. And we'll get back to that in just a minute. But um, I forgot the point. Remember, we need to away from that. Um, but, you know, definitely, oh, I was saying, like, like I, I will open some sort of, you know, uh, school that deals with fitness and or martial arts at some point. So it's fascinating for me to talk to somebody that's already done it. So I'm like, I'm learning from your mistakes the way you learn from other ones. Yes. Hopefully, we'll help. I'm kind of kind of stubborn. So sometimes I don't learn. I just. Well, also, sometimes I think with, like when I was a general manager, I was like, Ooh, this is a mistake. I don't know about this. And then now like going back, I'm like, Ooh, that, nope. They that, were was, right. that was not a mistake. <laughs> yeah. That was not a mistake. That was very well planned out. I was, I just didn't see it at the time. Yeah. Wow. And, and that's, that's growth in martial arts and training in general. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes you're going to see like a dip in numbers because you make a change and you're like, oh, no, that's the wrong one. And then all of a sudden it just shoots up. You're like, oh, maybe we got rid of the people that didn't need to be there type thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, our, our gym is like uh, everybody there is super passionate about their not only their style or their. So I got a Muay Thai guy who loves Muay Thai. He's fighting for lion fights, like one of the one of the premier uh, Muay Thai organizations. He He's got a fight in December. I'm going out to the world. So we don't just teach it. We're actually still in yep. it, doing it. And it's not about making millions of dollars. It's about being able to, to experience, uh, express our art and, and deliver it to other people. And uh, I think those type of places you can tell when you walk in that the people there aren't just like trying to, hey, sign up for this. Sign up. We actually have clauses that are basically if we don't think you're a good fit with our gym because we're not a cookie cutter just come in and pretend like you want to do martial arts. If you're not there to train or you kind of like, we hear like you're bad mouthing other students or you're, you come in and you just destroy everybody and you don't let anybody else train. Like we have a little closet to say, if you're not a good fit, we can say you can't be here anymore. So I think gyms like that, you can tell. And those are the ones you want to stay. Mm-hmm. They're not the ones who thrive, who are just making hand right. or fist. So this pandemic, I saw some gyms who were, I'm like, dang, I can't believe they were gone. But it was it was one of those things where they didn't care about their numbers. They cared about their quality over quantity. And it hurt them when the pandemic hit. So it was, it was I, one of those scary things. Yeah, no, I know. I think that is at least part of the reason why the school I was at closed. Because they were the same way. And, and you know, they were – I was teaching there. And, and they were starting to, like, onboard me into, like, how do we accept students? And, you know – I, I was so passionate about it and I loved it so much. I was recommended it to everybody. Yeah. And they were like, that, that we don't want everybody. And I was like, oh, yeah. and I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm a business guy. I'm a salesman. I'm like, come, come to my restaurant. All of you, I want you all, you know? And they were like, no, 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 we don't want that. And they were same. like, if they didn't, if you weren't, if you weren't driving with the crowd, man, they'd be like, all right, it's time for you to go. And yep. it's not like you're going to battle them on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. We haven't really had to, to deal with anything. Everybody who comes in is pretty, pretty chill. Or they kind of find their own way out if they're not, yeah. fit, like, they're not, this isn't their type of, cause I mean, we have kind of like an old school vibe. We, we have like, it's not, we have like sayings on the wall. We have people who just write military quotes or whatever all over our walls. It's not like nice, pristine. It's, it's a, it's a dirty, grungy, like get down and fight type of mentality. So wow, you're really, like, you're really selling this one. <laughs> My come be dirty. A yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. not dirty. It's, it's very clean. We clean the crap out of it, but it's, uh, it's a little uh, grungy, like get down and gritty. So yeah, um, gritty. That's a good word. Gritty. That's the word I'm looking for. I'm not <laughs> He's like, he's like, there was hangworm on the wall. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's, it, um, that the passion you can, you can tell when owners have it and you can tell when they're just kind of there to, Hey, just, just buy this real quick and, and, oh, whatever you need, we'll, we'll, we'll tailor our, our stuff to you. It's like, "Eh, no. And and everything degenerates when that happens. Like the instruction degenerates and my old instructor was hard, fast against that. He was like, you are not moving this rock. Um, (laughs) And it was, it was great to witness that because it's, you know, and, and I want to close after we come back from our next break with this, but there, it was, 
it informed my business sense so much. I mean, it helped me in martial arts for sure, but like watching that operation helped me in my businesses. And I was like, yeah. oh, like this is not just training to for self defense and and all that. It was it, it uh, helps in so many other aspects of your life. Yes. Yep. The, the discipline is huge. Yeah. Um, and and so what I do want to touch on with that though is like you know, you talked about it earlier, like some of your solutions and some of the things you did when the pandemic set, set in, but like in terms of your internal dialogue, like what was going through your head when they were like, oh, it's just close for two weeks. Well, well, maybe four. And like what we're doing is the antithesis of social distancing. I'm like, I want to be as close to you as possible. I want to know without you telling me, what you have for breakfast this morning? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's spilling your beard a little bit. Um, yes. Yeah. So I think, I think my time in the Marine Corps really helped right there because when you're like boots on the ground, something happens, you can't say, you can't feel sorry for yourself. Like, uh, well, this, this is the situation, but the situation is not going to change regardless of what you think about it. So you got to find solutions to whatever the situation is. I can't change. Like if I could get rid of the pandemic, I totally would have, but I can't. So my, our mentality was like, okay, this, this is the issue we have now. This is the way it has to be. So going forward, we have to do certain things. And obviously everybody was extremely worried. So that, especially that first two weeks, we were, we were all about it. Like, Hey, uh, we are going to need everybody to stay away. We, if you have a workout program, already set up with our strength and conditioning coaches, we'll send it to you and we'll try and modify it. So you're not using any weights. Let us know what you have and we'll kind of modify it. On that note, we also had people come in and basically check out gear from our facility. So like, Hey, you don't have anything at your house, come grab a kettlebell and a couple dumbbells and we'll check it out to you. We'll wipe it all down before you return it, do the same thing. So we were trying to keep, because everybody thought it was two weeks. We're like, ah, two weeks. That's not, I actually was kind of, I was beat down. Like I had so many tournaments in a row and I was training for like almost two years straight. I was kind of happy. I was like, <laughs> like it's mandatory. I'm not even allowed to go train. So it's not even like, ah, oh, well I shouldn't train, but I'm going to, it was like, I can't. So like, I started actually feeling better. My knuckles, I could actually grab things <laughs> in the morning. I was like, wow, my fingers work. Turn doorknobs. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, but I think the mentality was just like, all right, here's the problem, figure out solutions. We could sit there and complain about the problem all day long, but we need to come up with solutions. And then eventually it turned into like, all right, here's the, here's the people we trust the, the most. Like you said, my squad and we're like, all right, well, the gym is closed, <laughs> closed, <laughs> um, too bad it's closed at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And so we were, we were doing some, some behind-the-scenes training. Um, and then – but, I mean, I think we had a pretty good mindset. We got a good group of uh, athletes who we could trust also to, to train hard on their own as much as we could, we could allow it. So I'm sure there were some people who were like, here's your program. And they were like, okay, cool. And – didn't do all of the things, but most of the guys were like, Hey, I need more. Like I'm used to training harder. So give it. So we were, we were doing everything we could. Um, we would do like, I would, I would use like my wife does jujitsu. So I would use her as like a, a like my demonstrator. So I would te teach a class with just her. And then I would put it out on, we had like a, uh, 
where the Google Drive. So I was yeah. just throwing. I do that anyway. Like everybody who's my student, we ha- I have a Google Drive, and it's like half guard sweeps, mount attacks. So I have stuff that I throw in there. So in case somebody misses a class, I don't have to like reteach that class real quick. I'm like, if you miss a class, just please go click on the video because I'm probably going to add on or teach you the the defense to whatever I just taught. So um, we just amped that up to like the ninth degree. Nice. Yeah, my my entire family trains, my wife, my daughter's, and I was doing the same, like little, uh, just short Instagram and, and Facebook videos. And I would just grab whoever was walking by and like my three-year-old, like, God, walk, come here. And just, <laughs> you know, it was exactly. great times. All right. We're going to take one last break and come back and just straight up talk about martial arts mentality and, cool. and, the, and the world. So awesome. everybody, see you in a minute. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. everybody last round ding 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 talking with will lusheen owner of grindstone athletics a question why grindstone what does that mean to you in your business grindstone is just that's our mentality just grind it out get get to work and just grind and nailed it everybody wants to wants to get in the cage but nobody wants to go through the grindstone to get ready to go to the cage well, that's like what, what uh, Jamie said, the MMA instructor. He's like, everybody wants to win, but nobody wants to defend. It's like, you, yep. you don't just like, you don't, you don't walk off home run yeah. without the grind. It just, it does not happen, you know? I mean, I see a lot of people, they come in and they say, oh, I want to be an MMA fighter. And we're like, oh, that's awesome. But let's pump our brakes a little bit. <laughs> do you want to train? Like, how hard do you want to train? Because... 
Anybody can go walk in the cage on fight night. You said, what? Do you want to get punched a kick in the face? A lot of times, like many yeah. times. Like, <laughs> you should just, you should just, you just, you should just crack them. As soon as somebody comes in and says, like I want to be an MMA fighter. It's just like, if they're, if they're like, okay, yeah, no, it's okay. Keep going. All right. Now you're, because goddamn, it just happened so many. Like, I've been hit in the face before, but never that many times, like yeah. repeatedly. I just like by different guys and like everything I did was wrong. And I did the worst part about it was because I pride myself on my ability to stay calm under pressure and maintain my breathing. Yeah. Are, you, are you familiar with um, two books? This guy wrote, I forgot um, on combat and on killing. Oh yeah. Colonel Grossman. Yeah. So yep. I read on combat and like the whole thing about breathing. And I was like, shit, man. So it, even like starting new schools, working with like black belt, third degree black belt, I never trained with before. Just, breathe don't worry just breathe. man i lost my breath big time i was like sucking wind i was like <gasps> then i wanted to i wanted to sit out and he was like nope and i was just like fuck like, it was awful <laughs> by my th- by my third class i got at least that i still got punched and kicked in the face but i was like whatever that's gonna happen anyways i didn't i didn't lose my breathing and i was like thank you Gross yeah man. i mean but all it takes is the experience of like yeah. that interpersonal violence it's it's different than jujitsu it's mm-hmm. not like well, and it makes all those techniques all that more valuable where it's like, I, this guy got an amount and this guy just started wailing on me. And the instructor said, you know, you get down to the ground, you can do some work for a minute, but then we'll, we were doing clinch work that day. So I okay. stand back up. This guy was not getting up. He's just punching me. And I was just like, <laughs> I thought we were done. So, man, I've never knee bumped to a bridge so hard in my life. I was like, yeah. oh, that's why we train that. It's like, you yeah. know, in jiu-jitsu, like, oh, bump him forward. Do it gently. Don't hurt. want to hurt your training partner. I was like, I, I want to hurt you. I want to get it you. Off me. Yeah. You fucker. It was crazy. So perfect segue into, like, other benefits for like this kind of training, especially now that you're, you know, you're a fighter, but also a business owner, what have been some of the big takeaways for you from training that translated into running a business? Uh, number one. So the two things I always tell, I need, I tell my kids that I need from them focus and discipline. Those two things that I took as a fighter, as an instructor now, and then as, as a business owner, you need like, you need to know, if you're trying to do a million things at the same time, you're not going to get any of them done correctly. So you got to know what your focus needs to be and then the discipline to, to do it. Um, and sometimes the discipline not to do something like I want to do this so bad, but it's not the right time or it's, there's a lot of things we have planned for the future, but I'm, I just, I want to do it so bad, but it's like, I need to have the discipline to not do it right now because we have certain uh, things coming down the pipeline and I need them all to work correctly but I'm so excited about some of the stuff we're, we're going to do. And I want to like put it out. I want to, I want to advertise it now, but we're, I got to have that discipline of just hold back and trust our process and trust our ideas on what we plan on doing. So those, the focus and discipline is a huge part of fighting. And then I think it translates to anything you do in life, um, running a business or being a parent, whatever, uh, that, that focus and that discipline do the things or not do the things that you're supposed to or not supposed to do. That's great. Wonderful. Like huge uh, mic drop, especially the part about not doing. And th- this came up in the clubhouse room I was in because I was like, where I'm at right now, I can't move because like there's, I can't get staff back. You know, it's hard getting people back. Money's great. Business is great. I can't even market because I can't handle any more business Yeah. Yep. In, in terms of like what I have on my plate right now. And, and it's funny because some of the people on the panel, they were like, 
it's funny. You don't seem stressed. You're not like, I don't get this sense of like urgency or, or desperation. I'm like, no, that's not the case. It's like, I want to be strategic about, I want to pave this road. Cause I've gone, I've done the, the dirt road, like the ones yeah. we was grow up with in Brazil in the favelas <laughs> and was not comfortable. Did not like that. So I don't want to do that again. I want, yeah. I want this one to be smoother. Exactly. Um, and so I'm like, I can't, I can't make that move yet, but I'm like, I've got my eye on it. I guess you know where I want to go. Like focus. tactical patience. Yeah. Nice. And I guess uh, the military helped ingrain some of that as well. Yeah. Yep. That's we'll pull that trigger until you are in the perfect position. Um, so that be, go ahead. Say it. Go ahead. No, go, no you go ahead. go ahead. Yeah. So especially like the sniper community, like there's plenty of opportunities to pull the trigger, but it, can I pull the trigger, not be seen and then evade? So it's like, I need to wait for the perfect moment, not just like, yeah, well, it looks good for, from here. So that tactical patience is huge. Know nice. when to attack and uh, when to set, set up the attack. Great, great. So that being said, you don't have to disclose too much. What's, what's your future vision for Grindstone or your involvement in the martial arts community as a business uh, owner? We, we definitely plan on moving to a bigger facility. Um, so right now we have one large mat and then we've got like the, uh, the strength conditioning training area. So we kind of all have to fit our schedules into that one mat, but we're going to get into a position where we have separate mats. So basically each instructor has their own mat. So nice. we can run multiple classes at the same time. Um, even if it's the same class, but two different portions of the class. So we can do MMA stand up with, with a, uh, our Muay Thai instructor and I'll take some of the grapplers over and then almost like switch, go back and forth. So it's not like a, here's your Muay Thai class. And then that instructor walks off and then here's your in grappling class. So we can kind of combine a little bit better and we can circuit in like the strength and conditioning. So, Hey, you got a three, three mat round Robin. Um, so we can kind of tag team everything to make it much more difficult. Um, I think, one of the big things that I want to do in the strength and conditioning, uh, the other strength and conditioning coaches agree. What I think what separates a elite facility versus like just the average facilities is your ability to recover. So every gym has dumbbells, has the ellipticals, all that kind of stuff. But who has the the saunas? Who's got the the uh, cryo chambers or even just an ice bucket where you can dump your you can jump into? Um, we're looking maybe possibly getting a massage therapist in like a sports massage therapist or a chiropractor into the facility. So if you, you get the athlete package, you walk right off the mat, you jump in the sauna or you jump in the ice bath, you get out, you get adjusted real quick. If you come in early, you get some of those knots that are grinded out in your shoulders and your, your back before you get on the mat. So you're not further injuring yourself. So those type of things we're trying to, trying cool. to put in place and get the right people. In oh. So you're giving me a semi bro. <laughs> Would that be not awesome to walk up to be like, Hey, my shit's fucked up. I need to work here. And so I walk off and like hop on the F train and I'm like all right. tied up. And then I, you know, you know what I have? I got the Tim Tam first, hobbies massage gun. Yeah. And I put, I put that thing to work. It's good, but I, Oh, I, I would love all that. That would be amazing. Yeah. So so I I think that's what sets people apart. I mean, if you look at any of those major facilities, like the Olympic training facility, you've got these weights, they might look nicer, but they function the same way, but then they get a walk off and they're like, Oh, 
that behind the scenes is where the elite athletes have a difference than the average. So, and, and the old man too, the old man needs that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I need that without even training. I, just right? need- I was going to say, can I just come in for that? <laughs> exactly. Like I'll, I'll fight every now and then, but I'll be there five days a week just for the, the cryo, the sun. I'll be in five times to, to get the other. <laughs> exactly. Um, really dope, man. We're going to have to wrap it up. Just want to go over a couple things real quick. You're fighting in the, uh, you're competing in the worlds, which is when, uh, it will be the seventh through the 10th of October. So, okay. So right around the corner. Yeah. Next um, week. and, and you've got a GoFundMe, which is on grindstones. Uh, it's in the bio, the link in the bio on grindstone athletics, uh, Instagram page. Yep. Yeah. Just, uh, help, help pay for all that stuff that I need to yep. to get out to the world. Uh, right. it's more expensive than I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> right. Especially these days. I'm yeah. also going to share the link everybody on my, on my Twitter, on my LinkedIn and my Facebook page. And I'll make sure in the, the post promo of this show, which will go right up about until that time. Uh, I'll highlight, uh, the, the, uh, grindstone athletics, Instagram page on Instagram as well. So anybody that wants to contribute to uh, Will's championship matches. Yes, sir. Uh, please do so and give him a hand. Uh, thank you so much, man. Really great stuff. Such good uh, fodder for uh, for the for the mind uh, and, and uh, all these people listening that, that may be thinking, man, I want to do it. I want to take that step, that first step. I want to get in a cage and the close, close the door, pull the trigger, but have a strategy. Yes. <laughs> Don't just... Awesome. Don't just shoot your load like I do all the time. <laughs> was I got three kids? I was doing too much. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I appreciate you having me on hey, the show. My pleasure, man. I'll be in touch soon. Good luck at the worlds and all of you. I'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Peace out. Awesome. run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Daba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. 
trainings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 